fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Today on the show, what's the most fun way to do a fantasy draft? Of course, it's an auction. And so we're going to talk about yesterday's auction. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Also, a little bit less fun of a topic, I'm going to tell you why each of the top 15 picks in fantasy could be busts this year. It is almost August, man. It's July 30th. Welcome to Tuesday's show of Fantasy Football Today. Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg. And Jamie, we get a nice little surprise today. Apparently, the Heath is on. Heath, welcome to the show. A nice surprise for all of us. Yes, it's great. We're very excited. Yes, uh, we were not expecting Heath. He has graced us with his presence. We are very appreciative of that. Uh, I was yelling at Heath as he walked in the building. Get in here! <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming out, Heath. It's good to have I'm, you. I'm really happy to be here. I, I came in a little bit sad because I thought I didn't get to talk to you today for the first day in like 17 months, but uh, I do, so I'm happy. Yeah, I was almost going to call you last night, and then I said, you know what, I don't think he wants to hear from me, so this will suffice. Uh, how did the auction go yesterday? Actually... I really like both of your teams. I liked a lot of the teams. Will Brinson took a really interesting approach to the auction. He spent 78, uh, no, 68% of his budget, excuse me, on two players in a PPR league. So we're going to talk about that. But from your perspective, uh, how did the auction go? It was really weird. <laughs> weird? Really, really weird auction. Um, partially because of what Will did. Um it seemed like there were like two copies of every wide receiver in this auction because every team I looked at had five wide receivers that were awesome. Now I only ended up <laughs> with three, but they're the best part of my team. Um, it was it was really weird. Kyler Murray was like the second most expensive quarterback. Um, it, it was really weird. Kyler Murray was the second most expensive. That, okay, that's why auctions are fun, and that's why they're tough to talk about because they're all so so different. But we will answer some auction questions and kind of go over some strategies and see how the teams uh, shaped up later on in the show, guys. Uh, what is the most important news item from yesterday or early this morning? I think it's Alfred Morris signing with the Cowboys. Um, you know, following up what Jerry Jones said about not wanting or needing a. A running back to be a Super Bowl team or, or needing a, a, a leading rusher to, to win the Super Bowl, however he phrased it. Um, Morris was one of the guys who helped replace Zeke when he was suspended a couple of seasons ago for six games. And so the, the thought would be is that they're making their plans in case this is going to linger, bringing in somebody who knows their offense, knows their you know personnel, um, and they're comfortable with. Uh, I don't think this is an indication that Zeke is going to hold out during the season, but it's just, you know, the Cowboys making plans and probably not being 100% comfortable with the guys who are behind Zeke. You know, um, the the thought right now is Darius Jackson is uh, competing with Mike Weber to be the running downs guy, and then Tony Pollard will kind of, you know, carve out this, this role of the pass catcher. But it, it's going to be messy, I think, if Elliott out for an extended period of time. Heath, is that also, in your mind, the most important news item? I guess so. Like I would say, the, if I, if it's not a close second, would be Damian Williams missing a second day with a hamstring injury because he is one of the guys that we had the biggest concern about, having never seen him with any sort of workload in the past, and we were hoping he could. And the Chiefs gave every indication this is our feature back, and then a week into camp, and he's got a hamstring issue, and now he's missed two days of practice in a row. If this gets to a week, I start downgrading Damian Williams. Just when I go back in. <laughs> 
so it, let me go back to the Cowboys running back situation here. How are you drafting them right now? Are you drafting Zeke still where you had him? And then are you drafting Alfred Morris? Is there a different running back that you draft? Like who would you handcuff with Zeke? How would you approach it? I wouldn't handcuff him now. You know, I think when we get to preseason action, first off, August 6th is the day we've been working off of. You know, if he doesn't show up by August 6th, then we know he's going to drag this out. Because if he doesn't show up by that day, he loses the year of free agency that he would be. He uses the 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 time that he would become a free agent. I always phrase that the wrong way. He has to report by August 6th to earn his year of service to become a free agent or when his contract is over. Um if he's if if he's back by that day, he's you know top four overall pick. However you want to you know put him in in those first four guys, uh, regardless of format. But if it get past if we get past August sixth, then it's going to be okay. What happens in the preseason? You know who's the guy that's going to get the touches there? Is it Jackson? Is it Morris? Is it Pollard? Is it Weber? You know, and then I think you just have to act accordingly. All right, here's my nomination for the most important news item of yesterday or early this morning. Uh, Jordan Howard getting a lot of first team reps. It shouldn't come as a huge surprise, but. Going back over the last couple of seasons uh, with Doug Peterson and with the Philadelphia Eagles, did they feature any running backs? It's easy to look at the stats and say, no, they didn't. No, no running backs had more than 173 carries in any season in the last three seasons for the Philadelphia Eagles. But LeGarrette Blunt was getting about 15 carries per game before the Jay Ajayi trade in, in most games. It wasn't entirely consistent. Uh Jay Ajayi then came in, 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 I think, six of his last eight games, including the postseason. He had, uh, you know, about 14 to 18 carries, actually four of his last six games. And then last year, Jay Ajayi, week one, 15 carries. Week two, has seven carries, but gets hurt in the game. Sits week three, week four, he gets 15 carries. Then week five, he gets eight carries, and that was his last game of the season. So I think you look at LeGarrette Blount, you look at Jay Ajayi over the last two seasons— Forget about Josh Adams, who did have two consecutive 20-carry games. I think it's reasonable to think that the lead running back for Philadelphia could get 15-ish carries a game. And if Jordan Howard is getting that, should he not be such an afterthought on draft day, guys? What do you think? Jordan Howard, I'm looking at the consensus rankings, and he's the number 42 running back behind LaShawn McCoy, Royce Freeman, Kalen Balaj, Ronald Jones. The problem is, at least for me, and I think when Ben was on on Friday, he talked about his strategy of taking running backs not in that dead zone, but later in the draft, because if something happens, they could they have that upside of being like, you think Balazs, Jones, Freeman, those guys, Deontay Foreman, Justin Jackson, those guys all have kind of like a feature workload upside. I think this 15 touches a game you're talking about for Jordan Howard is his upside. Like if everything goes right, he might be able to be like Garrett Blunt or JHI. Yeah, but that, the there's nothing though, wrong with that, though. Right? I mean, I mean, like but that's, that's but that's, that's a not lot. What I expect. They didn't have Miles Sanders there the last two years either. Yeah, yeah, right. But they've had guys that they seem to like, maybe along on par with Miles Sanders. You know, I mean, right? You know, they like Corey Clement. They like Wendell Smallwood. You know, they've used those guys in different capacities. I, I've moved Howard ahead of Sanders. You know, it 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 just it's hard to justify drafting Sanders ahead of him, given what we know that he's missed time with the hamstring problem. That he's not going to be a three down guy because they brought Sproles back. And so who's the most likely guy to lead them in scoring, scoring the most touchdowns? It's probably Howard who has the best chance to lead them in rushing yards. It's probably Howard and the receiving numbers are going to get chopped up to a point where it just really doesn't matter. Now that may lead you to say why draft any of the Eagles running backs, which I'm sure is the way you're approaching it. Heath, I think you've said that many times, right? And, and that's certainly a way to go. But uh, once you get past, I think the first 30 
plus running backs. You know, if you want to show that list again of of the guys that we were just you know referencing, um, it, it's kind of like okay, who can get me maybe a thousand yards rushing? I don't know if if Howard has that type of upside, but maybe eight hundred and six, eight hundred and eight. It's a great offense. It could be one of the best offenses in football. Yeah, I mean, we I don't think any of us think Jordan Howard's all that good, but he was really good. As, but but as a rookie. I, well, I I and, I, and I agree a, with you. It was a top what, ten. He was point, a top ten running back or top twelve in non PPR two straight right. years. Right, and this is this is where metrics and you know spark and all those things and production you, you sort of have to you know not necessarily look at the two. He's not a very talented player, but he ends up with talented production. Yeah, right. He was a top ten back with what two hundred and ninety touches. Uh, yeah, he's a volume guy. I mean, he's, right. he's clearly a volume guy. He I don't, played, I just don't think the volume's available. Right. But, but again, going from where he was in Chicago to what he could be now in Philadelphia, based on the cat, we were taking him in the second round in Chicago in non PPR leagues. You know, that was, two years, ADP, yeah, two years you know, ago. uh, even last year, you know, he, his, he was a third round pick, right. you know, so you're talking about a guy that you're getting round six, round seven, round eight, depending on format. It's, it's not a bad situation, you know, and, and Dave has talked about this quite a bit, you know, give him credit that if you if you just look at it from who can get you off to a, a hot start, it could be somebody like Howard because we don't know at what point they may make the switch to Miles Sanders to give him not necessarily the quote-unquote starting job, but a 50-50 timeshare. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, Howard's not a bad guy to give you some good games early in the season. Again, great offensive line. Right now, Wentz is healthy, so great quarterback. Very good weapons, good defense. I mean, they're one of the better teams in the NFC. They're, you know, one of the odds-on favorites to win the Super Bowl. And they start with Washington at home and then at Atlanta. And maybe you go zero RB. Jordan Howard's the kind of guy you you could be looking at. All right, so uh, some things to announce. I think, wait, wait, just just, just stop there one second because Dave said this a lot too. I think we just need to clarify. This isn't the first running back you want to take if you go zero RB. It's it's part of a group of guys that you take if you go zero RB. Yeah. Okay, um, so... If you, you know, Jamie mentioned and I mentioned that graphic of the running backs that I would that we were looking at. Well, you can see the show youtube.com slash fantasy football today. That's really the best way to go. You don't want to search for anything on YouTube. Just go directly to that URL youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Uh, and I don't know if we're going to have the whole show up yet. That I think is coming eventually, but at least clips should be up. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. We have a sponsor today. It is FanDuel. I absolutely love FanDuel. I truly, truly do. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. Get a $5 bonus on your first deposit. If you want to uh, gamble a little bit, put some wagers down, go to Sportsline. Sportsline is going to give you some good gambling tips and some fantasy tips as well. Sportsline.com. It's $10 a month or $9.99 a month, but your first month you can get it for just $1 if you go to Sportsline.com and you use the promo code HUDDLE. And uh, if you are a real fantasy football player, you listen to this show, you love fantasy football, you want to be playing on the best website, that is CBS. No, they don't pay me to say that. I really do think the CBS website is the best. And if you go to cbssports.com slash FFT, you can sign up and you can let them know that you, you got there via the podcast, cbssports.com slash FFT. Great for Dynasty Leagues. You can trade picks up to three years in advance. The commissioner tools are better. The app is better. You're going to love it, cbssports.com slash FFT. All right, general question for you guys. Do you find it easier when you're researching players to uh, to find negatives rather than positives? Um, no. Both, okay. I guess. Well, you know what? I think it is like with the, with the higher end guys, I, since they're already so high, I think it's easier for me to find negatives. 
And for the later round picks, the mid-round to late-round picks, then I'm like, oh, well, actually, you know, the standards are lower, obviously, so I find some more positives. But when I'm looking at, you know, all these all these top picks, I can make a bus case for just about all of them. The hardest one is probably Ezekiel Elliott, and now all I have to do is say, well, he might be holding out. So let's go through. Here's our top 15 picks in, in CBS Sports ADP, excluding Melvin Gordon, who's going to keep falling, and excluding Patrick Mahomes, who we will never, ever take with a top 15 pick. So I'm going to give you a reason why each player is a bust. And you just tell me if you buy it at all or if, you know, if I'm stupid. And by the way, I don't think all of them are busts, obviously. But Heath, this is your chance to call me stupid. So let's start with Saquon Barkley. In his last four games without Odell Beckham, yeah, he had some good games, but he also had two games with 43 or fewer rushing yards in two out of four games. And he was also on pace for just 68 catches without Beckham, which would have been seventh most amongst running backs. And by the way, he's very reliant on the big play. He had the second most carries of two or fewer yards uh, behind Ezekiel Elliott. Two fewer than Zeke with 43 fewer carries. So um, anyway, Saquon Barkley, not quite as good without Beckham, you could say. Bust potential. Well, and to your point of being reliant on the big play, he had six carries last year of 50 yards or more. Nobody else in the NFL had more than three. I would not expect him to have six again this year. His rushing average is probably going to come down just a little bit. He might fall all the way to number two. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because um, one of those games without Beckham, he did something according to next-gen stats that's never been done before since they've been tracking this number uh, against Washington. And this is something I think a lot of people look at with Beckham is that, you know, he's going to face a lot of stack line of scrimmages. He had the most yards against eight plus defenders in the box since they've been doing this since 2016. Yeah, but but he is going to get a lot of eight defenders in the box. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, he's, like he, he's, he's he had it, it's just one game. Um, but in that game against Washington. Um, you know, take it for what's worth, you know, how Washington was at the end of the season, what their mindset was. Um, and a lot of it was based on, like you said, one big run. But still, he uh, he went for eight carries for 141 yards mm-hmm. against eight defenders at the line of scrimmage, just in that game alone. That's amazing. For the game, he had 14 carries for 170 yards. So um, it's just it's just pretty incredible. And actually, the Giants in the four games last year without Beckham, which kind of doesn't necessarily match with what Barkley did. Their scoring was up. It was their highest scoring stretch of the season, those four games. He's going to catch a lot of passes. He'll catch more than 68 this year, and the offensive line actually could be very good, bringing on Kevin Zeitler and uh, second year for Will Hernandez. Okay, Ezekiel Elliott. Dude's in Cabo. That's all I got to say. Sure. <laughs> he's I mean, the well, hardest he, person to make a bus case for. He's so good and he's so I consistent. Think the, I think the one thing would be is if his touchdowns stay the same where they were a year ago. Yeah, and, I, and the receptions come down. I wrote yesterday about uh, running backs who could regress one direction or the other. I really don't think it's very likely that the touchdowns stay the same. Agreed, but you he know. had just the same number of carries inside the five and inside the ten last year as he's had the two previous years. Oddly enough, he only scored two touchdowns inside the five last year instead of five or seven the two years before. So the only I don't have any bust concern with Ezekiel Elliott until August 7th. And yeah. I guess the only thing would be is if they get multiple injuries on the offensive line. Now, you could say that about obviously any running back, and I don't think he's so reliant on the offensive line to make him a great player. 
But when you run behind arguably the best line in football, it certainly helps. And we saw last year, you know, maybe part of the reason why those short yard situations weren't as good was because Frederick wasn't in there. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. Gets Travis Frederick, his center back. Okay, Alvin Kamara. Why could he be a bust? Well, he had the second most rushing touchdowns in the NFL with the 16th most carries, so that's a pretty good rate. He averaged 14 carries per game without Mark Ingram, 12 and a half carries per game with Mark Ingram. And just based on the games he played with Ingram, I think it was 11 games total, he, he wasn't deserving of, let's say, the number one overall pick if you're considering him there. So Kamara, that's his bust potential, I suppose. I think it's going to be really interesting if they end up signing Theo Riddick because that's one of the places that Riddick visited. Where would he cut into? Not going to be rushing downs. going to be receiving downs. You know, and so, <laughs> excuse me, I think you, you know, you may be a little bit nervous about that. They worked out another running back, too. I forget who it was. I saw it yesterday. I think it was Alf, uh, wasn't it? Maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe it was Morris. Um, but uh, if Riddick does end up going to New Orleans... I'd be a little bit cautious about Kamara as the number one pick in PPR. I would not downgrade him, though, from the top four picks, even if Riddick is there. All right, let's go to our next one. Christian McCaffrey. Other than the terrific email we got from Cooper Doug a few weeks ago uh, explaining that his production was much better before Cam like really seriously got hurt by T.J. Watt, um, he could have his snaps reduced, we heard yesterday. No other Panthers running back had more than 24 carries last season, so it's just... The amount of snaps he played, the amount of touches he got, really could come down for Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, if Cam Newton is throwing the ball downfield a little bit more, maybe it hurts his uh, production. Cam, uh, and McCaffrey's. I've got, I think the fact that both DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel could have a breakout this season, and we like both of them, that could, like, maybe only tw- McCaffrey leads the team with 20% of the targets instead of 25% of the targets. It, I We do have the production not being quite as good when Newton was healthy. And I, in my projections, even now, have him projected kind of a, in a tier below those first three running backs. So if there are some guys like on Johnson, like Dalvin Cook, like Leonard Fournette that really make the leap this year, McCaffrey might be the guy they make the leap over. It might, but it's, you know, I still think, you know, while we hear he may not have as many carries, it's hard to expect them to go away from him. And and maybe, you know, we, we see a little bit better rushing production. Not that five yards per carry is, is obviously something that can improve dramatically, but um, I, I think the offense as a whole has a chance to be better. You know, certainly for 16 games, you know, if you get 16 games of cam based on where he was through the start of the season, another year in North Turner's system, I think the offensive line will be better. I, I, I'm excited, you know, about McCaffrey. So, um, you know, I, I mean, you, you, we don't really talk about him very much. I know uh, Cooper Doug sort of gave us a, an outline of why maybe he can fail, but he also could be the number one running back in PPR. Absolutely. He was last year. He was basically tied with Saquon Barkley. Uh, all right, so of the top four running backs, who has the most bust potential? McCaffrey. Camaro. Uh, all right. All right, we're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, and the rest of the top 15 after a very quick break on Fantasy Football today. We're going to get to your emails a little bit later, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. 
Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. DeAndre Hopkins, fifth pick off the board in CBS Sports Leagues in our average draft position. He has had more than 31, 31% or more of the targets in three of his last four seasons. But when Will Fuller and Kiki QT were both healthy, oh, it went all the way down to 28.8% of the targets. And he was only on pace for 1,700 yards and 12 touchdowns in those four games. But no, seriously, he didn't get quite as much of the target share when QT uh, uh, and Fuller were both healthy. Bust potential for Hopkins. I think he actually drops a pass this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm less concerned about Hopkins, I think, than I am the four running backs you just went over. Right, I, cool. I just think that if if the other guys produce a little bit better, stay healthy, we could see a slight, slight downturn in production. Devontae Adams, the bust potential for Devontae Adams, he averaged 71.25 receiving yards per game in the first four games of the season, and that was when Geronimo Allison was playing very well. 71.25 per game, that's, that's 1,140. That'd be pretty low. Those games were against Chicago, Minnesota, Washington, and Buffalo, three teams that did very well against wide receivers. You also have a new system in there, maybe some, some growing pains. Uh, Devontae Adams, any bust potential? Starts the season with the Vikings and Bears, ends the season with the Vikings and Bears. It's not a great schedule. We've never seen him do what he did last year in terms of yardage and catches. Sure, there's some bust potential. Yeah, I guess it would be as you know, if the other guys step up and and similar to Hopkins, you know, if you get what you're getting from or you know potentially getting from Fuller and QT, you're getting it from Allison and and Valdez Gantling. You know, Jimmy Graham turns back the clock a little bit. Run game is better, uh, but. I, I just look at what Aaron Rodgers' track record is with his number one guy, and I'll buy into that all day long. All right, number seven in ADP is David Johnson. Putting him number seven after, look, he had a good year in terms of where he finished, but he didn't really have that much of a fantasy. It, he didn't have a huge fantasy impact, I'll say. David Johnson, we're putting a lot of stock in a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. We are, uh, for sure. Um and we know we heard this last year. Oh, David Johnson's going to be back to the 2016 form again. And, you know, it wasn't the case with a new head coach, a rookie head coach, and a rookie quarterback. You know, I mean, that was essentially the same setup um, with Steve Wilkes and, and, and Josh Rosen. But I think the hope would be is that the amount of plays that Cliff Kingsbury's offense ran in college, um, if they play at that pace in the NFL – then David Johnson has a chance to get a lot more opportunities and, you know, smarter touches than what we saw last year, you know, not just run up the middle, which is not what he's suited for. Get him the ball in space, you know, get him the ball in the passing game. So I think if David Johnson stays healthy, he could, you know, he, he showed us he could be the number one running back in fantasy. Yeah, enormous, enormous upside for Johnson and this entire Cardinals defense and a floor that we may not, may not even know what it is. Um, yeah, well, we saw it. It was it was the 2017. It, it, it could be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this could be just a complete disaster in Arizona, and we're just gonna have to wait and see. But yeah, I understand why people scared, are excited. I'm just not quite as excited. He scares me at seven overall. You know, I, I obviously Melvin Gordon used to be ahead of him. Uh, I I think, you know, I think in non PPR I'd take James Conner ahead of him. In PPR I might I might skip him and take uh, like a Julio Jones. This is just the section, like the second half of the first round, where there's about five spots in a row where I just have a hard time not going wide receiver. I I have a hard time taking him in PPR over Michael Thomas or Julio Jones or Juju. 
Yeah, and when I said skip David Johnson, I don't mean entirely. I just mean at seven overall. You know, I'm, I might be looking at, at Julio Jones in, in a PPR league or something. Uh, all right, let's go to eight overall. Le'Veon Bell, there are a lot of things that we've talked about so much. He was averaging in his last four seasons. His 16-game pace was 409 touches. So that's not going to happen. Um, but really, guys, I'm concerned about his running style behind that a, a different offensive line, one that probably won't be as good as what he played behind in Pittsburgh. And I, I could see a tough adjustment there with the way Le'Veon Bell patiently looks for holes, kind of sits there behind the line of scrimmage. You know, did, how much of a concern is that for you guys with Bell? I mean, he apologized to fantasy owners, Adam. There's no bus potential coming. Um, I, I, it, it's a definite concern. You know, it, it's a concern. You know, chemistry is huge um, with with an offensive line and continuity. And he had that with the Steelers group. Um, we've talked about this a lot. You know, is is Sam Darnold going to elevate his game the way a Hall of Fame quarterback and Roethlisberger did? Is he going to have the same, you know, touches? Is he going to have the same freedom? Um, you, you know. Uh, with defenses respecting the passing game of the Steelers compared to how they respect the passing game of the Jets, who may have lost Jameson Crowder. We don't know. We'll find out today, you know, after he left practice on Monday with a hamstring problem. Oh, excuse me. Um, hamstring? Foot. His Ankle. foot. Ankle. Ankle or foot. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's a lot of reasons why I'm afraid of Le'Veon Bell in the first round. And it's so funny. Like, every time I write this, I'm like, I don't want to take Le'Veon Bell in the first round, but I'll take him in the second round. You know, it, it's... It's splitting hairs with you know where you're going to take him and who you're taking him over, but it's just it's just hard not to see what the what the upside could be if he stays healthy for 16 games, and is even just you know 75 80 percent of what he was before the sitting out last year. One thing I'll say um, with Bell and David Johnson, I think I I actually have these guys pretty close, just a half a round back from where they're both going. I I think both of them have enormous top four upside. And both of them, the floor scares me. All right, guys, I'm going to tell you what. I, I'm going to call an audible here. I'm going to save the next eight, which would be James Conner, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Joe Mixon, Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey, and then one more. I only had 15 planned. I'll get, I did eight today. I'll do eight tomorrow. But I want to make sure we save some time for auction talk. So, yeah, so the, the top seven were those four running backs, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, David Johnson, and then number eight was Le'Veon Bell. And we talked about them and their bust potential. And uh, look, uh, the bottom line, I don't want to scare people off here. Okay, these are great players. There's a reason they're going in the first round. Uh, You're stupid. It, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it's, you feel that you sit there, you take the pick and you're like, God, if this guy doesn't produce, my team could be wrecked. So it's important to talk about the downside and what could go wrong for these players. And hopefully we helped you out there. Uh, some news and notes. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell did apologize to fantasy owners. Can we get that tweet back up on the screen here? And again, go to youtube.com slash fantasy football today. This is long overdue, but I want to take a moment to apologize to all the fantasy owners who picked me last year. I'm sorry I couldn't pull through for y'all, but trust me, this year's about to be way different with uh, four Ys on way. I'm bringing the trophy trophy this year. And then what is that? emoji at the end the I, that's a purple devil right purple devil Looks okay like what does that mean purple devil i think it means maybe he's not telling us the truth <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've never used the purple devil before i'm not i'm not very my emoji game is not very good uh as you know dallas signed alfred morris damian williams mispracticed as you know cam newton uh altered his throwing motion said that playing hurt was not the smartest thing but we, we're gonna do uh the position previews next week we're gonna start with quarterbacks that'll be on monday 
And there's such a good case to be made for Cam Newton because under North Turner last year, he really was having a very good... Do you guys agree with that premise? Like, he was really having a really good year under North Turner. Absolutely. I think, Heath, you said... Yeah, I'm sorry, Jamie, but Heath, I think you said you wouldn't be surprised to see Cam have his best passing season this year. No, he had a second-best passing season last year, including the time after he got hurt. And really, before he went down, he was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks. I'd expect he's going to be this year. You have Olsen back... You have two guys that could be amazing in yards after catch. Uh, three, you know, if you factor in McCaffrey. Um, better offensive line, you know, and, and obviously from a fantasy perspective, if he runs to the level that he usually does, or at least close to it, I mean, it's, it, it's hard to overlook that, you know, what his potential could be. We're talking about Saquon Barkley with Ben Gretsch a few weeks ago. I think it was during Projections Week, and he mentioned how Saquon Barkley really helped Eli Manning's passing stats, and... It's just another way to think about these pass-catching running backs. Not only are they so great in fantasy, but they really elevate quarterback production. They're easy yards. They're easy throws. They're better completion rate. And so that's what McCaffrey's going to do for Cam Newton. And really, that's why I actually think that for Jared Goff to be super successful, he probably needs Todd Gurley to stay healthy and be great in the passing game, which brings me to my next news item, guys. Uh, The Rams apparently, according to Charles Robinson of Yahoo, they want Daryl Henderson to play like a Chris Thompson role. Thompson, of course, being yeah. So, what do you need Gurley for? Well, I'd rather it's bad be Gurley. news for Todd Gurley's PPR value. It, it, was it, or was it? Is that an overreaction? Because that that did come to mind. That can't be good for Gurley. It's another downgrade. I mean, you know, if that is exactly what comes to pass, but you know, I I, I think again, you know, where Gurley's falling in drafts, end of the second, beginning of the third. You know, just what his touchdown potential has been and what this offense will be. I still think that's a fine spot for him. The, the problem is, and it's kind of like the tight end thing. I think. He's falling there in our drafts, but I think CBS ADP is 18th, NFFC ADP is 14th. He's he's going early to mid second. I, I think I think we're actually right on. Like we talked about, maybe we were drafting tight ends too early. I think we're right on Gurley. I don't think he needs to go early to mid second. All right, uh, North Turner back to the Panthers. North Turner said Curtis Samuel is becoming an outstanding route runner. You've heard oh, a lot about Curtis yeah. Samuel on this show. <laughs> Uh, John Harbaugh. Wait, wait, I, I said this yesterday. I was like, North, stop. Yeah, please. yeah, come on. He's you're, our sleeper. You're, you're killing it for me. Yeah. I have to keep... <laughs> he's almost in my top 30. Wow. Did you move... Is he ahead of DJ Moore? Not yet. I don't... Not, no, I, I, DJ Moore's ceiling is higher. I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to make that clear. I think I've said it numerous times. You need to get Cam into your top five. I'm close. Six. I'm close. <laughs> yeah, I've got him six, too. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I have him seven. I have... I, I'm going to move him ahead of Matt Ryan, I think, by the end of the day. I can't move ahead of Baker, though. I've got him ahead of Baker. Yeah. Baker Mayfield went for like one or two dollars in the auction yesterday. Every quarterback did except for Kyler Murray. (laughs) (laughs) John Harbaugh was asked about Lamar Jackson's uh, carries this season. He said, take the over on 139, which really is not a huge news flash because he was was over it last year. Yeah, yeah. Seven games. (laughs) In his seven starts, he was on pace for 272 carries. Uh, That would be Lamar Jackson. I I, I shouldn't say that. He had some carries when he wasn't starting, but. He, he had 147 carries for the season last year already. Uh, the Saints cut Cameron Meredith. The Dolphins fired their offensive line coach, Pat Flaherty. A, a strange time to do it. And they replaced him with the guy who was the Colts offensive line coach last year and has been a Patriots offensive line coach in the past. A guy whose name I was trying to find out how to pronounce this morning, but every time I saw a video clip, they just called him Googe. So I'm going to call him Googe. Phonetically, it's Dave DeGuglielmo. But we're just calling him Googe. Googe Liermo. 
Gugelier. That's probably it, right? So yeah, they call him Gooch. The Gugelier. Well, right. So that's probably what it is. Um, but he is. You don't know that for a fact, Heath. By the way. No, not at all. But yeah. that's the thing. You just say it with confidence. No one's like no one's ever going to hear anyone else pronounce his name. You're fine. Good point. That's why the Heath is on. All right, other news items here. Uh, Jameson Crowder hurt his foot or ankle or whatever it is. Heath, say it confidently. What did Jameson Crowder hurt yesterday? His foot, ankle area. Gotcha. John Ross could miss two weeks with a hamstring injury, so the Bengals wide receivers, uh, they are banged up. Uh, Alfred Morris did, in fact, visit New Orleans, which just gives you the impression. They've seen Alfred Morris. They've seen Theo Riddick. They, they might want to add someone to that backfield in New Orleans. Tennessee wide receiver A.J. Brown's been out with a hamstring injury, and the NFL is going to emphasize offensive holding this year. You know, they emphasized defensive penalties last year, and it led to an amazing year for quarterbacks. Is there any fantasy relevance here with this announcement that the NFL is going to be looking more closely at offensive holding? I mean, you probably get some runs taken back that are going to piss you off. <laughs> and throws. Yeah, I don't know. It could, it, it in could, theory... If Cliff Kingsbury's system works and he brings this to the NFL, that this something like this would be beneficial, I would think, to him because he's not the quarterback's not holding the ball long enough to have a bunch of holding penalties. There you go. I like that. He wasn't even supposed to come on today, folks. I mean, what a what a guy. We're gonna read a couple emails here, and then we're going to uh, talk auctions. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. This email is from Travis. Dear Sterling, Dax, and Doc. Shepherds? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it must be. When do you consider strength of schedule? Like Josh Jacobs, for example, is being drafted super high and his schedule is brutal. Can you explain how you look at a player's schedule and determine how much it will affect him? First three games, maybe at most. It, it, it's just so hard to say. You know, A lot of people get caught up in, in the end-of-season schedule, and, and you can factor that in, but so much happens in the course of a season that... You know, it, it, it's hard to say that the the same group that you see at the beginning of the year is going to be there at the end of the year, just just how things unfold in terms of, you know, looking at defenses that your your players may be facing. But, you know, Heath talked about it with the the Packers guys. You know, it, it it's a little cause for concern, you know, facing the Bears and Vikings so early. And, um, and the Lions for Aaron Jones. Like Aaron Jones has always Aaron struck Jones, yep. me as a guy that has maybe the toughest schedule. And I'm sorry, Jamie, but I am looking at Josh Jacobs' schedule and his first five games, Denver... Typically a good run defense when they have Doma Topeco. Kansas City, that's a good matchup. At Minnesota, at Indianapolis, they could have a real sneaky good defense this year. And then the mm-hmm. Bears. So that's four of his first five games could be tough matchups. Then week six is a bye. So I think that is really worth looking at for Josh Jacobs. Uh, he, you know, That's a good call by, uh, by Travis, Travis Shepard. Well, and I just think he's maybe being, like, I think his ADP right now is 36th overall. Even the people that I, I, you wouldn't, you like him, and you don't have him that high, do you? No, I've I've dropped him, you know, from where I started, which was after the NFL draft was like thirteenth, fourteenth, and then I think he's now, you know, depending on format, you know, somewhere sixteen, eighteen. Right. You know, he he's a fourth round pick. I think that's that's safe. It's just, um, why wait? What's know, what's wrong with him at thirty six overall? What's wrong with? I'm sorry, thirty three overall is his ADP. Um, uh, because I guys like Marlon Mack are still there. Yeah, but you, you and as we think, know, Heath is the Mac guy. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. You're not the Mac guy in PPR leagues, but you got to get Jacobs, return of the Mac as a as a drive. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, I don't have that. But Josh Jacobs probably going to pa- catch a lot more passes based on reports. Now, look, the John, I, John Gruden says he has to earn it. Maybe. He's going to earn it. I we don't know that he's going to earn you, it. You you can't at this point 
looking at the two teams, take Josh Jacobs over Marlon Mack. I can't, and I can't, like in terms of, I think Josh Jacobs has a possibility of catching more passes, but we've seen nothing to suggest he's a better pass catcher than Jalen Richard. No, but they they drafted him in the first round. They want to feature him. Fine, put Marlon Mack ahead of him. That's only one spot. I don't I don't think thirty six is so crazy. Well, I, I think I, I think again it's you know a lot of it is depending on where you draft because if you you know go receiver receiver you're going to the back end of the third round you know that that's a good spot to take Jacobs as as one of your first two guys. But it's you know if you're comparing him to some of the receivers in that range, like I I don't want to speak for you, but I know you take Brandon Cooks over him. For, oh, for sure. Like Robert Woods over. You yeah. Know, formats obviously you know dependent here, but. You know, it just depends on how you want to build your team. It's just a matter of, you know, how much you invest in those, you know, second tier, third, wherever you want to put them tier wise, you know, those running backs, um, especially somebody like Jacobs, who's unproven both at the collegiate level to a certain extent and obviously at the NFL level. Devontae Freeman or Josh Jacobs? Freeman. Freeman. Okay. Josh Jacobs or Philip Lindsay? Jacob. Ah, Jacobs just barely, but I think they should both be at the end of the fourth. All right, that was a pretty good heat side there. Not quite clip-worthy. Email of the day number two is a fun one. It's from Jordan. Hey, Ty, Asante, Devin, and Malcolm. Those are Patriots cornerbacks or defensive backs, right? Have to be, yes. Yes. I had the most insane draft. I'm in a 10-team half PPR league with four points per passing touchdown, blah, blah, blah. It's a super flex league. Um, he drafted every relevant Jones, every relevant Jackson, including the Jacksonville DST, and he drafted, uh, okay, Aaron Jones, Julio Jones, Marvin Jones, Carrion Johnson, David Johnson, James White, James Washington, Deshaun Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Justin Jackson, also Ronald Jones to go with Julio Jones and Aaron Jones and Marvin Jones, uh, and Duke Love Johnson. Strategy. It's very funny. He also drafted A.J. Brown and John Brown, and he ended up with a really good team. So if you go with the Jones-Jackson uh Jones, what is the strategy here? I, Jones, it's really much Jackson, Adam. Johnson, James, Adam. Brown. Adam? Yes? How many emails do you think we get every day? This fantasy Football Today email should address. Should have made the cut? Should have made the cut? <laughs> I'm not sure this is For the those top. of you who watch Fantasy Football Today <laughs> on CBS Sports HQ, we will not be reading. Not sure this was the top two of, of the day. Okay. It Congratulations was on a great team. It's it great was team. funny on paper. Um, sorry, uh, my, my mistake. Um, and this is a bad time to be telling you this, but one more thing I'd like to ask. Can you please leave us a five-star review? Uh, I will never read an email <laughs> like that again if you read us a five-star review. In fact, I will tell you this. If you leave us a five-star review, and it's really important for us, right? I mean, it's a competitive field right now. We've been doing this podcast for 11 years, really dedicated. We want to be the best. Uh, your reviews would really help that. And if you could tell your friends, try to help us grow our show, we'd appreciate it. We love our listeners. We have a great rapport with our listeners. Um, so anything you can do could help. If you leave us a five-star review and you ask us a fantasy question within the review, pretty good chance I'm going to be reading it on the show. Let's oh, I got a better yeah. thing for you, Adam. Okay. I got a better one for you. All right. Here's, what we're, here's one podcast league entry. No, no, no. Stop. Everyone, stop giving no, no, away podcast. No, 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 I give away one. You've given away one already, one. Jamie. You've no, I already didn't. given away one. Who? Which one did I give away? Whoever's going to win your stinking contest about jinxing their rivals. No, 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 forget about that. This is better. <laughs> that one's so, not a contest anymore. This, 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 this is this won't be either. <laughs> if you if you leave us a five star review, and you send it to us, the best five star review that we get gets an entry in the podcast. Okay, you don't have to send it to us. I will. I will see it. But then, okay. Now you probably do have to send it to us. Otherwise, I'll have yeah, no way of of contact. Send it to you. us. Yeah. So write us a review. All right, Jamie. I'm in. I, I, I'm in on that. 
<laughs> Thank you. That's a great See? idea. Great idea. <laughs> also, I'm uh, potentially getting kicked out of the Flex League this weekend. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today to talk about our auction and some takeaways and some things that can help you with your auction right after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, these are a couple of auction emails better than the last email that I read. This one just says it's from Listener. He didn't put a name. She didn't put a name. Uh, your auction values on the website appear to be based on a $100 budget. Can you explain what listeners should do for a $200 budget? Do you just simply double it? Well, before before we answer, uh, yes, that's probably the easiest way to go about it. So we did our we started our auction yesterday, and uh, Ben Gretsch was uh, unaware of what budget we were working off of. So Saquon <laughs> Barkley was nominated, and it went from like 20 to 25 to 30, and all of a sudden Ben just dropped a $50 bid. We were like, whoa, he really wants Barkley. <laughs> And we had to explain to him that we're only going off a hundred dollar budget. Oh, it would have um, been funny if yeah. you got him for fifty, and he was like so pumped, and then you're like, actually, <laughs> actually yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the easiest way is just to double it. I would, yes, um, maybe even add a little bit more to the top guys because there's still going to be one dollar players. Uh, was Barkley the most expensive, by the way? Um, he went for thirty seven. Probably. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, I know Kamara yeah. and, and McCaffrey went for 34. Right. Uh, Zeke was probably right in that 34 range. 34 also. All right, so so it was PPR league. Two running backs, two receivers, a flex, tight end, kicker, DST, and one quarterback, and 12 teams. Oh, I can't, I can't wait for you to rip the guy you usually rip for what he did at quarterback. George? I have <laughs> yeah. notes about George's team. What did I write about George's team? George ripped himself yesterday, so. Okay. Yeah, uh, I actually... I probably oh George has an elite quarterback and a tight end, but he sacrificed that wide receiver too. He has Patrick Mahomes and Zach Ertz. His wide receivers are are kind of brutal, but I I like his team. His Robert Woods, DK Metcalf, Nikhil Harry, Larry Fitzgerald, Golden Tate. I think will be good, you know, as a flex or a wide receiver too, because he's got Mahomes, Ertz, Damian Williams, Carryon Johnson, Robert Woods to kind of anchor his team. Uh, but he also he drafted. Mahomes, and then he took a $2 Baker Mayfield. You know, just for $2, 
I wouldn't normally say you should get Mahomes and Mayfield, but value's value. Well, yeah, spending you can make a trade. Spending eighteen dollars at the quarterback position when you see the values of the other quarterbacks in this draft, that I think is the is the mistake. Right. Um, all right. Second question about auctions was Jerry. But from George was like he, he even said about himself. He said, uh, "I was the he say idiot who took who spent way too much on quarterback." Like I said, "Oh, you got him for what? Like ten bucks?" He goes, "No, sixteen. Like, oh, mm, wow." Uh, okay, so that yeah, Mahomes sixteen, Baker Mayfield. He got great value on Baker Mayfield, two bucks. Second email right. about auctions is from Jerry in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, which players are you targeting most at their current auction value? The cheapest ones. Well, not I mean, anybody you can get. It, I mean, for me, it is. No, that's. I think what you mean is it's the, not the guys that go in the first 20 players. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't think I nominated or I don't think I went after a player, um, you know, what I usually do. Like, I think it was like 30 players in. Uh, by the way, Andrew Luck mispracticed today with a calf injury. Just uh, something to keep an eye on. We will it's talk lingering. about that. Yeah, it's a lingering calf issue for Andrew Luck and calf issues. Do tend to linger. Luckily, it's July 30th, but definitely something. But this that. is this started in in minicamp. All right, guys. So, jeez. All right, so um, I, something to discuss I'll say that tomorrow. Se- that second tier of uh, wide receivers too: Evans and Keenan Allen, um, Brandon Cooks, that range of guys. So yeah, talk I got to Allen me really about uh, about the auction the strategies you use. You better have a strategy when you when you do an auction. Uh, sorry, Heath. So you know, were you able to stick to your strategies? How did it go? Uh, easily for me, I, I was you know very patient. The only thing that that I got ruined was uh, our our buddy Michael Kaiser uh, used my strategy to an extent against me because I I usually will always go kicker and defense first um, just to get those out of the way. And I mean I you know the the guys that we were in the room with they knew what I was doing. Um, I nominated the Bears and I said anybody wants to spend two dollars on the Bears go ahead. Ended up going for what four? I think so. Four dollars. You know so somebody. In my opinion, wasted money on the Bears. Now we have the Bears. Do you have it? I have them for two dollars. Do you have them for more? I than think that? I have them for two. Okay, so um, I don't have a problem with you know if you want to get the best defense on paper going in for for two dollars. But in my opinion, that I'm I'm forcing you now to waste a dollar that you probably didn't want to. And the same thing if you end up doing that at kicker as well. So, um, but I I think for me it was just it was just being patient. And when I decided to go in and get somebody, I got DeAndre Hopkins at twenty eight dollars. Um, which was cheaper than, I think, a lot of the first-round picks by comparison. Cheaper than James yeah. Conner, who was $29. Mm-hmm. Cheaper than the top four running backs. Yeah, uh, I think it was cheaper than cheaper. Devontae Adams. Yep. Cheaper than Adams, too. Um, and I think maybe cheaper than Julio. Oh, no, Adams was a dollar less. Julio um, was 27 They were both a dollar less. So right, 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 right where he should go, I think. But, um, but, if, but a $6 difference from... The number four pick in the draft, basically, like McCaffrey, Zeke, Kamara, to the number five, Adams and Hopkins. That's, you know, that's pretty significant. The running backs were valued much higher than than the guys right behind them. Those wide receivers right mm-hmm. behind them, yeah. And like Beckham went for twenty six dollars. You know, I'll, I'll I'll take the two dollar difference there. Patience is really important in auctions. Jamie's team ended up, I think, really good. Uh, Jameis Winston for a dollar. Running backs are Leonard Fournette and Marlon Mack. Wide receiver, two receivers in flex are DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, and Julian Edelman. I mean, that's obviously amazing. Delaney Walker at tight end. Justin Tucker in the Rams defense. So you're even strong at, at DST and kicker. On your bench, Rashad Penny, Daryl Henderson, Kalen Balaz, Justice Hill. You took a lot of 
bench running backs behind Fournette and Mack, and you have Deshaun Hamilton and Kenny Stills. I think it's, uh, your team really stood out to me as one of the better ones. So two I, things that that happened to me, um, you know, OJ Howard was uh, around a little bit longer, or you know, wasn't a bid. Um, I probably should have gone maybe a dollar more. I was bidding with uh, again Michael Kaiser, who we had about the same amount of money at at, at that point. Um, I was hoping to get OJ Howard. Um, another player that I wanted, I don't know, if, I, I know you were in on him, was Ingram. Was yep. Mark Ingram? Did you end up with him? No. Um, after getting those two running backs, I thought, okay, that was the one. I think it was him and Tevin Coleman. Those were the two guys. Maybe you got Coleman, I think. I got Coleman, yeah. So there, there were two guys where I was like, okay, if I can get this third back, I'll be really happy about my team. By that point, I had the three receivers. Um, I lost on Baker. Uh, I didn't want to spend $2 on a quarterback just seeing how the quarterbacks went. I didn't realize at that point that George had already hit Mahomes. I would have really yelled at him at that point. But um, I thought I was going to get Baker, too. So, you know, some things missed that I missed out on. I also wanted to get Emmanuel Sanders instead of Kenny Stills. I thought, let me sort of play the friendship strategy with, with Hamilton and, and Sanders. Um, we should probably at some point, uh, we got a chance to sort of circle back with Pete Prisco after his four stops. Um, he, he had some really good stuff about, uh, the Broncos receivers, um, which I'll, I'll say for tomorrow, but, um, uh, Hamilton, I think, you know, you, you can say maybe the arrow's pointing up a little bit. Oh, all right. So Jamie likes to be patient. He sort of does it for fun. I, I don't think you're going to say, Hey, you should sit out like the first 30 <laughs> 30 bids or whatever, but Jamie kind of likes to challenge. Well, I, 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 I'll give you an example. Like, you know, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear how much I like Curtis Samuel. Um, it got, it, you know, I, I wouldn't have spent, I think it went for $5, um, maybe wow. $4. Uh, it was just a bidding up Jamie thing. It was, it was, it was $4. Um, but at that point, you know, I had already had those three receivers and I needed to sort of focus a little bit more on, on my running back depth. So I couldn't spend money on him. Um, I, I honestly, wasn't expecting to spend as much as I did on, on Hopkins. You know, I think by the point I, I jumped in and I think I was the last person to jump in and everybody stopped. All right, Heath, how did you manage your budget? I had a pretty actual strategy, Adam. Nice. It didn't work the way that I hoped it would. <laughs> um, and my team's fine. It's super boring. It's a playoff team. That's not great. Um, but my plan was I wanted three very good wide receivers I wanted Travis Kelsey or Ertz or Kittle. I ended up getting Kelsey for 22, which is what I have him um, for on my auction values. He is my most expensive player, and there is a lot of uh, a lot of value after him. I think every other player, other than my quarterback, who was an end of the draft thing with Chris Towers being a jerk, um, <laughs> is like three or four dollars less than what I have him for in my auction values. My receivers are Brandon Cooks, Mike Evans, and Cooper Cup. My quarterback is Lamar Jackson, who I paid more for than uh, and, um, Cam Newton, I think. Maybe. But just because it was more the end Baker. of the draft, yep. and Chris threw another dollar on there, and I had extra money to play with. Um, but then I've just got a ton of running back depth. Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, Lamar Miller, Latavius Murray, Justin Jackson, Deion Lewis, Deontay Foreman, Edo Smith. It's funny because yeah. I, I think our our teams are very similar in, in certain regard. Your tight end is better. Right. I would say probably my starting running backs are better, but yes. I think we took a very similar approach of we both got three top end receivers. Right. Um and then just, you know, sort of let's just throw a lot of money at 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 the backfield um on the bench. The the I I your 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 receiver strategy is interesting because I was in the same boat essentially. Like once I got my three guys, I was like, I'm not gonna really focus right. on that position. Well, I missed Didi because of that, yeah. At all. Right. Um just because like I for me, like you mentioned, Adam, I had Balage, Penny um, Balaj, Penny, and uh, and Henderson. 
I, at that point I said, okay, I could probably get those three guys for about 10 bucks, which I think is what happened. Um, and so I also wanted to try and get Royce Freeman too. Um, he went maybe a dollar or two more than I was willing to, to, to spend on him. But it just was, once you lock up those three receivers, and, and I think, you know, if you want to look at Ben Gretsch's team, he did a reverse, you know, <laughs> you got like 11 receivers. Um, it, it just, you know, it, it's an easy position, I think, to, you know, find guys if you have stars that you feel comfortable with. And, and in Heath's case and mine as well, I think we both accomplished that. And then it's just, you know, the, the backfields were a little bit, not necessarily unsettled, because I think you can make a strong case for Freeman and Coleman, and in my case, you know, for Mack and, and Fournette. And this is PPR, so it's a little bit different for those guys. But you want to kind of, you know, lock up a lot of those potential up uh, guys that have a lot of upside. You know, I think we both did that. Yeah, and and Michael Kaiser, who you keep referencing, he his team's great. His uh, you don't like his team. Well, I think the running backs have a lot of downside. I guess, Um, but yeah, his team's very interesting. Carson Wentz. I'll get. I'll save the running backs for last. Carson Wentz, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, and Amari Cooper. (laughs) That's awesome. And then and, like, that, a team like and Allen Robinson. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I, I think he didn't need to get Allen Robinson. He didn't need to spend eight bucks on Allen Robinson and Curtis Samuel. And I don't and know. Westbrook. And D.D. Westbrook. He was just stealing him from Jamie and I because he knew he wanted them. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you well, have Michael this- Thomas, Adam Thielen, and Amari Cooper, you don't need to spend five or four on Samuel, three on Robinson, and three on D.D. Westbrook. You could have used right. that money. In addition to what you already spent on, like Philip Lindsay to get a to get Aaron Jones, you know. So, um, but he could have had an amazing team. His running backs are Philip Lindsay and Tariq Cohen. Could work out great, really. Could he also has Chris Carson on the bench and Peyton Barber and Peyton Barber? Yeah, no, he could he yeah, could I have a really I, damn good team. I, I I'm I'm in total agreement with you. Like the things he could have changed, you know. But again, if you just look at it from what his starting lineup is, he could have the best starting lineup in this league if Lindsay and Cohen or Carson, one of those three guys. Or two of those three guys, excuse me, are are a semblance of what they were a year ago, because Thomas Thielen and Cooper as his two receivers and flex, and Howard at the tight end spot with Wentz. I mean, that's sick. I think this draft, this auction, is a little skewed because the quarterback values were so low. So it seems like a lot of teams were able to get three really good receivers and good running backs and a good quarterback. It's just. Maybe you could, maybe you can do that. Uh, but I like, I'm looking at Jamie's. Team, like, look at all these teams. Like Dave's team, I loved. I I, I thought that most yeah, Dave had a good team too. Most well, of the teams are really the, good. There are a couple of teams that you can see why, um, several people have a really good team. Well, let's talk about Will. There are a couple team. teams that have a lot of not not very good players on them. Well, Will's, just before you go to Will's team, I just want to bring yeah. up one more. So, uh, Casey Kiernan, one of our hosts here at, at CBS Sports HQ, it was his first auction, and a lot of people do auctions for the first time. You know. Uh, uh, Dave was putting together his draft and, you know, a couple people bailed at the last minute. So he went around asking people and, you know, they said they'll, they'll try. And so Casey went all in on three guys early, $34 on Zeke, $27 on Juju, $22 on Dalvin Cook. Those were his first three buys. That's what 56 and 27 is $83. Yeah. yeah. That's his budget. So he's, he's done at that point. And he did it. What? Within the first. Right. Well, and then he was the one that ended up with Kyler, Kyler too. Oh, and Kyler at four dollars. So, uh, what I say, eighty-three. So that's eighty-seven dollars on on his quarterback, two running backs, and one receiver, and then three dollars on Dante Moncrief, who should be a dollar player. Yeah. So you know he uh, <laughs> right now, if if you just take his lineup as it was filled, his starting receivers and flex 
he better love Ben Roethlisberger. Is Juju Smith-Schuster, Dante <laughs> Moncrief, and James Washington? <laughs> like that—that's that's what awesome. his lineup as as it auto-filled, you know, because the way that our system does it. But you know, again, it's just a matter of how much do you allocate for guys early, and then right, you got to find a lot of dollar players that you love. Yeah, I, I'm pretty interested in this strategy. I do think the execution could have been better. Um, look, if Kyler Murray's great, sure, but like Jameis Winston for a dollar instead of Kyler Murray for four dollars. If you're going with three expensive players, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, and Juju Smith-Schuster for about what did we say, eighty-three percent of your budget, uh, mm-hmm. then you probably are getting a dollar quarterback and a dollar tight end. And I think tight end he did great. He got Hooper and Reed. Yeah, yeah. so he's fine there. He actually got Philip Rivers for a dollar. I don't know why, but probably just he, you know, he's probably just fed up with watching all these players go, and he just has to, you know, bid on somebody. But you got to go dollar kicker defense, dollar tight end, dollar quarterback, mm-hmm. three studs, and then you got to get some guys that you really think have sleeper potential to be starters. Like you know, uh, what'd you get Foreman for? Was a dollar, two dollars? Dollar or two, yeah, yeah. Right, you know, got a guy like that, a guy like you know, Kiki QT, Deshaun Hamilton, you know, um, well, he's Le- the guy Lamar that should have gotten DD for three. Lamar Miller and Devontae DD Foreman. For three. Lamar Miller and, Devon, and Deontay Foreman, excuse me, both went for $2. So I actually do think that you can make this work. And the other thing is like, you know, Ben talked about this last week. Don't be too obsessed with what your team looks like on draft day. It's going to look a lot different throughout the year. If you anchor your team with three studs that are never coming out of your lineup, save right. for bye weeks, and you're good on waivers, I do think it could work. Will's team was a little bit different. He spent... 68% of his budget on two players and nobody else was more than $7 and that was Sterling Shepard. That seems kind of expensive for Sterling Shepard. Um, but Cam Newton's his quarterback. He is Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it's a PPR league and he may have 200 catches right there from his running backs. He has mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry at wide receiver and Corey Davis is his other starting wide receiver. Do we like Sterling Shepard better than Corey Davis? Yes. You, you no, know what? Yes. Corey Davis and Sterling Shepard are his wide receiver and his flex. Let's say that. And then he also has Geronimo Allison. Actually, like I kind of like Will's team. Am I crazy for liking Will's team? Let me read it again. Cam Newton, Kamara and McCaffrey, Jarvis Landry, Sterling Shepard, Corey Davis, or Geronimo Allison at flex. Uh, Vance McDonald at tight end. And then LaShawn McCoy, Antonio Callaway. The fact that, like, well, I guess you all know I like Geronimo Allison a lot. But mm-hmm. I think this worked. I think this is a better execution of spending a ton of money on a few players. Uh, I, I, he only did I it really on two. Like, he, he he did a you know different approach. He spent you know sixty eight percent of his budget as opposed to eighty three. Now, the 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 numbers that you'll see toward the uh, on his bench, you know, once Dave publishes the results, Sterling Shepard for seven dollars. That was uh at the end, you know, when he had money to right. spend, oh, right, right, um, because he missed out on some guys, you know, throughout the course. He spent five dollars on Royce Freeman. If he spends those twelve dollars elsewhere, you know, like. I think, for example, if he takes those $12 and he gets Edelman for 10 or, or for 12, like I got Edelman for 10, put Edelman at the top of that receiving core. Take out Shepard, put in Edelman, put in a dollar running back. It's a much better roster. All right, guys. We have I'm about just using the, Edelman as an example. I think Chris, uh, Dave got Chris Godwin for like $9. Or you, know? you can look at Ben's roster and find like eight different receivers <laughs> right. that Will should have drafted. Right. Uh, we, uh, we are out of time, unfortunately. We have to vacate our podcast studio because Canel and Bell is coming up. That's an awesome podcast that you should be listening to. Do you have a final 10-second thought on what to do in auctions? Uh, watch CBS Sports HQ at noon for <laughs> fantasy football today. 
I would say save your money for the end. You're going to get some great values. Save a, a portion of your budget. I like to be the bully at the end and take all the sleepers. Um, I think take all the $2 players. Yeah, yeah don't, not the one. Don't be the will bully and take bad 5 and $7 players. Yeah, right. Yeah, just, just, you got your sleepers. Make sure you get them by saving some money. Thanks a lot to Jamie, and thanks so much for Heath for coming on. I mean, what a hero you are today, Heath, for coming on the show. We very much appreciate uh, it. Just, just one injury note. Damien Williams did not practice again. A lot to talk about tomorrow. A lot to talk about on Fantasy Football Today, the video show, noon Eastern on CBS Sports HQ. Talk to you tomorrow. Fantasy Football Today.